It's time for Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, outdoor writer Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Hunter's Blend Coffee, defending hunting one cup at a time. Now, let's get into this week's show. Okay, guys, this is Off Grid with Vicky and I, and, well, our special guest, Uncle Hop, Hoppy Kempfer from Osceola Outfitters. Hey, bud. I just want to let everybody know I am not his uncle. <laughs> you, you grandpa, graybeard-looking rascal, oh, you. Oh, damn. But I do appreciate you teaching your son, RJ, respect. And that's where all that Uncle Hop business started from. Absolutely. It is. It's so not I meant to it. disrespect you whatsoever. But honestly, everybody has, has always asked me, is, how much older is Hoppy than you, Ralph? They do not. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you have hair and I don't doesn't mean... I don't have much Hop. <laughs> Let's face it. Well, listen, you guys, you know, everybody's been watching us hunt down here for almost 20, 20 plus years. And, and, you know, Hoppy... When it comes to springtime, it comes to everybody's, you know, in in this quest for their slam of turkeys. And the hardest one by far is the Osceola. Well, that's what they say. I don't know why it's hard. <laughs> honestly, no, down just, here, I agree with you. When we come hunting turkeys down here, well, we I have think, a harder time at home. Quite honestly, I think the term, you know, of the Osceola being the hardest one to get, it's because of the small range that they one live in. One location. It's in, sa- it's in South and cent- Central and South Florida is where the true Osceolas, you know, are. So, I mean, compared, you know, acreage for acres... You know, all over the United States. I mean, look where you can kill the Easterns. Oh, Oh, my God. Merriam's, Rio's. So Florida, you know, basically two-thirds of Florida have the true Osceola's. And that's a small area. So that's what makes it hard to get. It's not that the turkey's that much harder, in my opinion. It's not that much harder to uh, actually harvest one. But because I've hunted them, hunted these other birds, the other subspecies. Yeah, you've done them all. They've made a fool out of me there. So Here's a question. Now, we know... But, but Hop, I, I mean, a lot of people, they're only going to hunt that bird that's in their state. You, you know what I mean? And, and they're going to they're gonna want to try to hunt others. And some a lot of people do. Give me the specific differences that you would say from an Eastern to an Osceola. Differences uh, in, in look. Whatever it is. In their yes, looks. the looks. Okay. This is nothing scientific. This is just what I have seen. Right. Okay. So you've got the Miriam turkey that's in the Western states. They have the, the whiter tipped tail fan feathers that's the big giveaway there um your uh rio grand turkeys let's see south texas i'm thinking of the places i i got my grandson mm-hmm. so south texas you have those buff colored kind of lighter tan tail feathers uh that turkey's much in my opinion is a lot like the eastern turkey but there again those those tail fan you know has a has bronzy. a bit of a bronzy yeah. color to it um the big difference vocally, in my opinion, is those those birds in Texas and the Rio Grandes are very, very vocal, you know, as far as calling to them. I mean, I I yelped to them as loud as I could yelp with the biggest box call I had and they come running in. So to me, they were a little bit easier to to deal with. And that could be all hunting pressure. Right. Or lack of. Now, the eastern Let's go to the Eastern and the Osceola because that's the big, I guess, because these two species could be subspecies could be close together, uh, you know, somewhere along the Florida Georgia line or whatever. But what I see different in the Osceola 
compared to the eastern. The eastern's wing, primary wing feathers, are mostly white with black or brown barring. Now your Osceola turkey, on the other hand, will have a darker chocolate-colored wing, primary feathers, and broken white barring, so very little white on the wing feathers. Now, a lot of people say, hey, the, that Osceola looks like it's it's taller. The legs are longer. I don't necessarily know if the legs are any longer, but I can tell you this. Most of your eastern turkeys live in a colder climate, so there is there's more back feathers, more feathers plumage i guess is what you would call it they're longer feathers on the body so it makes our turkey in in florida here look skinnier so i think it makes it look more stream like like and the the legs appear to be longer so i don't know if that's that's all scientifically true or not but um some people will will notice that the osceola may be a little bronze colored Compared to the eastern having that greenish color in the, in the spring, your gobblers will be black with that green tint. tint, where the Osceola might look a little browner, maybe, with a, a bronze color to him. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the uh, I don't know that that's a big characteristic difference. I think it's possibly a sunlight causes that, because these birds oh, are in, yeah. in, the, in the sun a little bit in more. In the hot. And, Hot uh, Florida weather, but they do have shorter body feathers. The Osceola does. Osceola does. So I don't know that I ever even knew that. No, I didn't. I didn't either. So the Easterns are just built for winter, and your Osceolas well, are built I'm, for summer. That's just my thoughts on mm-hmm. all this. Yeah, I no, don't I'm, know. I haven't thought hunted about them. that. I've hunted them long enough to know that. I wouldn't have shot so many when I was a kid if I'd have known there were so many people wanting to shoot these <laughs> <things> today. <laughs> I imagine Touché. you're probably right on that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, was, would you say that Osceolas have a tendency to be receptive to calling? I think at times, yes. And in most times, the best approach for killing an Osceola turkey is not the approach you've probably been using if you're hunting in Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, east, eastern turkeys, uh, meaning you're used to calling loud, making fancy calls. There is something about the Osceola where he typically does not like a loud call or a lot of calling. The guides that I use here helping me actually one of them that i use he hunted a lot on public land and was very successful hunting on public land and here in florida and when i learned of that i thought i want to see what you know what this guy knows and he had it figured out and we've got a good part of as you know we've got a good part of our ranch that's leased out to a hunting club we've got the two oldest hunting clubs in the state of florida i'm thinking we're in the 90 to 100 year old wow. range so these things are they're very old clubs i mean we've got some third fourth generation hunters here now well these some of these guys have hunted turkeys all their life learned from their grandpas and i just recently was discussing with a new hunter who just become a lease member and he had went out with one of the other members and got a turkey so i wanted to find out you know the just just asking questions and one of the one of the questions that or one of the answers he had for me was hey you know i'm not gonna mention names here but uh he 
he doesn't like to call a lot. So he made one call, the turkey answered, and we sat down and he said, we really didn't call anymore. And I killed a really big Tom. And I go, he's got it figured out. Yeah. You know, so you see in some, and we do a lot of calling, and of course for television, you're trying to film when I am calling, sure, because I don't call a lot, and I usually don't call loud at all, but nope. there is times that I do. Yeah. Well, you actually do more calling just by your mouth. You know, we noticed that for a long right. time. Right. Uh, now, Hop, here in, like, back home in Illinois, we can hunt till one in the afternoon. There's, after that, you can't hunt. State of Illinois, or state of Florida, you can hunt all day. I think they may have just opened it up everywhere in the state of Florida. When I say that, there was some public areas that you couldn't hunt, you know, in the afternoons. It was still that one o'clock shutoff time. Uh, We on private land have, and I don't even remember when they opened it up for us to hunt in the afternoon. It's been at least 10 years, maybe longer. Um, And I I don't mind hunting in the afternoon, and it really makes it – easier on us from a guiding standpoint that when somebody comes in and does a hunt with us we've got three full days to hunt and not three just the a.m.s days right right so we take advantage of those afternoon hunts and sometimes you know your afternoon hunts aren't going to be as i I shouldn't say as fun but they're not going to be as vocal as a morning hunt where the turkeys are gobbling on the roost and and really active but we've had some really really good afternoon hunts and very successful afternoon hunts yeah but you can also hunt hogs in the afternoon instead typically it's hard for me you are, you're a, you're a hundred percent right when i get in turkey mode <laughs> i know he's in turkey. it is hard I, I he's trying to get in hog mode yeah because we, you know, we'll we'll leave January, February from Hogs. hog hunting just nonstop, nonstop seven days a week and can't wait for turkey season to get here. But a lot of guys, when they come down, they book a combo hunt with me or they get a turkey hunt or they get their turkey and they're hey, I didn't realize you had hogs. Can I, uh, can we hunt a hog? I'm like, sure. Let me get you a rifle and you go get in a stand or we'll do a spot and stalk. Because if you get your turkey in the, in the morning, it leaves the afternoons open to go fishing or or you know go sightseeing or go hog hunting or go to the beach you can always go to the beach Ugh. let me just tell you <laughs> yeah come on give uh, it. i need your help on this one well <laughs> yep this is so everybody that's listening here i do not guide beach trips no we are no. not going to the beach but we are within 30 minutes of the beach that's what's crazy we are close and i know a lot of the ladies that come down here hunting or they come with their husbands hunting they go to the beach yeah, they go Perfect. Melbourne, right? Melbourne, yeah. Yep. Melbourne. I like the beach. There's nothing wrong with going to the beach. Yeah, okay. you usually come back looking like a cooked lobster, lobster from Maine. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to turkey hunting, shall we, instead of the beach? Um, so, Hoppy, I know, like, decoy-wise, it really kind of depends on the season and the time of the season and which decoys you're putting out. Like, we're running late this year, and you used um, the Jake decoy on my turkey hunt, but... Usually we use a strutter or scruffy or whatever his name is. Old scruffy. Yeah, I'm looking at him out there right now. He looks bad, too. <laughs> he, he does is look bad. bad. He Scruffy's been look. around. Scruffy has been around since RJ shot his first turkey oh on Scruffy. Oh, my gosh. And that's got to be like 11 you years remember? ago. He was like I, nine. When we finally got RJ to pull the trigger, I finally, yeah. like, he just knocked the head off your decoy, RJ. Come on. Yeah, you got him mad. shoots him. Yep. And <laughs> I don't know. What's that? That's been... That's, it, it's like 11 years, 11 10 or years. 11 years. So yeah. Scruffy looks bad. But yes, to answer your question... <laughs> he needs a facelift, Tom. Yeah, he really he's does. He's getting he a new a jacket. Body yeah. lift. Yeah. 
So to answer your question on that, I like to use early in the season. And when I say season, not the hunting season, but the mating season. So when these turkeys are this year, the turkey started way before the hunting season started. And when I say started, they started mating well before the season started, the hunting season. And when that happens, they've already established their dominance in their in their particular range or field or pasture or whatever it is. So when you put that strutting decoy out, one of those, there's a turkey in that area that's going to come to that decoy because he doesn't want another bird in his range strutting and there may be if you've got lots of birds there's going to be multiple turkeys in that area and typically if there's two or three together one of them's going to be strutting and they're going to come to that strutting decoy but when you knock off your strutter that you just had come in those other subordinate toms it's going to take them a little bit to realize you know big daddy's gone when can i start doing this so they may not come to the strutting decoy the next time you go out. So if you're concerned about that, that's Leave. when I like to put a jake out or a hen, just a hen decoy. With that strutting decoy, though, you get you get usually get results fast. They're either coming or they're going, and you know right then your hunts your hunts yeah. and it, you either it's on or it's off. It's period. It. It's it. So typically that's the way that happens. If you're going to play it safe, though. Play it with a jake, play it with a hen, and then, you know, with the hens, typically the way the mating ritual works, the gobbler is gobbling and trying to attract the hen to him to show that she's receptive. So whenever that, whenever you've got your hen decoy out there, some people will put them out 30 yards in front of them. Well, guess what? Your gobbler's going to come to about 60 and he's going <laughs> to stop because... Hang up. So I always put my decoy close in, typically, my hen decoy. Or if you think the bird's going to come from your left, put your decoy to the right. You know, it may not be so where you're wanting to by you. Exactly. It may, not be your, it may not be where you're wanting to shoot, but he's probably going to stop at 40 yards out from your decoy. So if she's 20 to your right, he's stopping 20 to your left. We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast is proudly brought to you by Alps, Easton Archery, Browning Firearms, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Delta McKenzie Targets, New Archery Products, Muddy Outdoors, Cyclops Lights, Boss Buck Theaters, Hoyt Bows, Hunter's Blend Coffee, Hunter's Specialties, Spy Point, and True Glow. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. Now you got it. Almost just like our elk hunting and everything, trying to call them past you. Exactly. And, and there, I know some guys that turkey hunt that way. They'll put a collar, you know, For, back, oh yeah. back behind. Or if you're running and gunning, which we do very little of here. We're usually set up on cow pastures or whatever, so we don't have timber. But, you know, if you know a turkey's straight ahead of you, put your shooter up in front of you a little bit, and you stay back and call. Well, it works just like that for elk. All right, now i got to bring this one up because... This is absolutely the first place in our whole career that we ever experienced it. And then to find out pretty much this is where it started, and that's called fanning. Yeah, yeah. I we, mean, we kept that 
a secret for a long time, and and you guys had met met them, but there was a, a television show years ago on the Outdoor Channel uh, called Hunting Across America. Yep. Yep. And they used to hunt with me. Now this has been. Oh my goodness! It's been uh, it's been twenty yeah. plus years ago, twenty five, because it was in the first year or two I started business in nineteen ninety five. Well, I learned of the ter- turkey tail fan trick from my uncle. Supposedly, and this is I'm pretty certain this is the truth. I'm speaking here that the tail fan was used back in the days when the railroaders. You know, when the, you had hunters that were collecting food for the workers on the railroad. Okay. What? Now, uh, okay. Okay. So, you remember they used to mass kill geese and they used to mass yep. kill ducks and f- feed the workers. Well, that trick was perfected by somebody back then, and that's how they killed turkeys was with that tail fan. No. That's what I was kid. told. That's pretty dang cool. Now. I never heard that. We learned of this. And my, you remember Scott Swartley, yeah, probably yeah, Scott, buddy. my yep. buddy Scott, and I, I don't want to say we perfected it. We didn't perfect it. We learned how to use it, and we're still learning little techniques about the fan, but we started that fan thing 25 years ago, and we kept it quiet, but the Hunting Across America crew would not put any of it on film or on television because they didn't want the liability of it yep they said somebody's going to get shot in the face somebody's going to get shot by another hunter you know on public lands if we show this and then we're going to get in a lawsuit and then you know finally over time it's kind of like man this is too good not to share right And, and i'm not saying i'm the first person to ever do this but this, if you start tracing it all back, there was a lot of influential turkey hunters who used to come hunting here with us. Absolutely. Who started showing this. And I used to make them promise not to share it because it it was a killer. Well, just, just so you know, Ralph shared it with a lot of people. Well, so it's like, no, 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 out he, everywhere now no, because no, Ralph Hoppy just gave told me the permission. And I remember we were, we were out in South Dakota with, yes, with, um, with buyers. Kenny Byers. And, yep. Um, Joe Byer. The, right. We were turkey or, hunting out there and with the media direct group. Right. And we went and out Joe there. Byer, and Joe Byer, you know, some, some that of whole crew, our, the whole crew, that's writers, how they kill all their turkeys They now. do now. Yeah. Not when we were out I, there. We told them and they're like, that won't work. In fact, we had a tail feather because we were I hunting turkeys it. and you left it, I left to it with show Kenny. them. And he could not believe the turkeys come they running at now, them. Gonna, those are Merriams. Those are all Merriams. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. they just, they, they, because of, you know, there, you know, you use the terrain. Right. For your hunt, right? So you spot these birds. You what? You see one? You know, gobblers are out there. You run down. You climb up, and then you slowly come up over the horizon. Well, they were doing that, bringing up a decoy. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes yep. it didn't. Just like right. you pointed out. Right. Well, what they ended up doing was that fan. All that all that gobbler sees is that fan come right. up on the horizon. Boom! He's there. done. Territorial, he's coming, he's locked up. So they ended up. And I remember Joe Joe Bach. He, he actually wrote. A whole article and it was funny because that's where they learned it and yeah. i'm not taking the credit because we learned no, it from you we got right. it from you well you know and a lot of people don't even think about using this technique and i'm going to share something else with everybody that's listening here because if you're listening to this you're important to me you're important to ralph and Vicky. so i'm going to share something with you get a tail fan don't worry about so much about using this tail fan to attract a gobbler in Keep your tail. When you sit down, you see me do it every time, Ralph. I take my calls out and I take my tail fan out. 
the tail fan's not to so much to attract a gobbler while we're sitting against a tree. But if you have a hen walk up, absolutely, there mm-hmm. nine out of ten of them are going to bust you. They're going to come up and they're going to turn that head sideways and cluck at you. Pick up that tail fan and act like a turkey. I'll guarantee you nine out of ten of them are going to go back to pecking around, scratching. And then before long, you can lay your tail fan down, scratch your face, rub your hair, relax. And then if she gets nervous again and looks up, pull the fan up again and start acting like a darn turkey with it. And it relaxes them and it keeps them right there on you. Listen, there's two things. One, we can testify 100%. Happy, happy, spot on. We, we've oh, seen yeah. it. Absolutely. We've done it. The other th- the two, two things. One, we want it. We and happy touched on it, but we want to warn everybody. This you're drawing your attention, and if you're doing, don't do this on public land. You right. I mean? You you have to know where you're hunting, and yes. you have to know there's nobody else around that's that's there. That's and the and, and unfortunately, it's because there are accidents happen. Yeah. And if someone sees a tail feather and they're not actually they're acquiring not defining their target, their target. That's right. We're, and then all of a sudden, we're really yeah, it's really dangerous here in Florida because what a lot of people don't realize is on private land. And I don't think they've changed it yet. It's still legal to hunt with a rifle during the spring turkey season. Holy cow. So think about that. Now, the, the other thing is that, that we've seen even at home where we hunt, you know, we don't have any big, you know, big land. Mm-hmm. What we have, though, is some phenomenal deer, deer hunting. Right. Well, what we we have these, you know, we'll have deer come like walking through the timber you know, just at light or even, you know, after, after sun, sunrise. And we've used the fan. Absolutely. To calm that deer down, just like that hen got, so that hen turkey. Yeah. That, what I was telling you before, they, I forgot this until you mentioned it. That's what the railroad crews used to use the fan for because they were shooting deer. To calm the deer down. They'd get the deer in there. Probably, probably back then they fed them. But if they got caught up in the tree, you know, those guys are probably sitting on a limb. But they just pull that fan out and act like a turkey and calm the deer down until they get 10 of them in there and start getting deer. You know, Dang. they're collecting meat. They're not hunting. No, no. Yeah, it's survival for them. And, you know, now what we're saying here is you may think we're a little, a little whacked because of the heat down here in Florida. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you want to try something? Take a fan, even if it's not hunting season. But take a fan, get in your woods, sit down somewhere where you know you have the deer coming through. And the deer sits there and sees you, starts staring at you. Before it starts stomping, just pick that fan up and open it. You will be amazed. I mean, absolutely amazed. I, we carry the fan whenever we're running, running and gunning for, for deer. I got a fan. T- I got a fan with it, me. It's, it's, it's kind of like using a grunt call. So it, it'll work. It may not work. But it's if crazy. they're already spotting you, what have you got to lose? Nothing. Because the deer's going to sit there all day and look at you until they know they've seen you. So here's the quick thing is you both keep saying, so just grab the tail feather. So what's the easiest way to do that? I mean, okay, so say someone... Oh, to in remove Illinois, your fan. Yeah, in, in Illinois, someone shoots a, a nice gobbler and they have a tail feather. Well, you, what do they got to do to keep to, it? You have to be very, very stealthy in order to get up on a turkey to get his tail feathers. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. Okay, I'm thinking, okay, they killed their gobbler See, this is and what now we they have a with, dead with bird. So, and now what do they do? <laughs> so you're talking about how do you make a tail fan? Right. How, right, not just the one that grew well, out this the turkey, is going to sound crazy. shot a bird, yes. I'm not a, I'm not a taxidermist or anything like that, but what we've been doing is when you kill, kill a turkey and it's got a nice fan and you want to save it, of course, everybody cuts the fan off. You don't need all the little 
small feathers around it. You just need the fan. that fan. Now, when you cut it off, there's going to be a small little triangle bone which is part of that tailbone. Trim that out of the bottom of the the uh, the 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 tips of those tail fans. I forget what you call the the bottoms of the the, the feathers, quill. the quills or whatever. And when you do that, if you dry that, if you put salt on it or borax, it's going to dry and stiffen up. What I like to do is get like a you can take a solo cup. Red Solo Cup. Men are good for everything. Have That's a red? song, ain't it? Yeah. Wait a minute, so does it have you to take, be red? It doesn't have to be. Okay. Just check. So you take a, a, a cup and put salt water in it, a heavy salt water brine, and just stick your tail fan, just the meat of that. So trim most of the meat off, but stick it right down in that salt water and let the salt water preserve that base of that tail feather. And when it does, then you can, it's soft and you can move it. Pliable. So you can, it's pliable. Then. So now you could open the fan up. And then if you stick it in your pack and you forget about it and here's next season, like I do every year, <laughs> you get some more salt water and set it in there for a couple hours and soften it back up and then you can start pulling. Otherwise, you're, it'll, you'll just rip it. It'll, right. it'll all fall apart. So, Boy, see, we're learning so many other things. Now, here, here's one. You, you know, everybody, it, it's funny because a lot of people – always want to push that limit they want a bigger shell they want a bigger gun they want to shoot them at 100 yards with their shotgun man if you're i know what you're going with this if you're <laughs> using that tail fan you don't need the tss 400 range <laughs> high premium whatever shot you got i'm telling you you can use a modified choke that that's the biggest thing we see that becomes a problem hunting turkeys here is shotguns with the super super tight chokes and the the great premium ammo that's available now that kills turkeys out 40 50 yards we're not shooting a turkey here at 40 or 50 yards we're shooting them within 35 most of them are within 15 yeah so anybody that turkey hunts knows how big their pattern is in their extra full turkey choke with tss shot in it hmm. it's like shooting a rifle they it's usually don't miss. kill them on the first shot. It's <laughs> usually on the second or third when they get out at optimal range. And everybody that turkey hunts knows what I'm, t- I'm talking yep. about here. Right. So you kind of got to know where you're hunting and, you know, what your method of take is going to be because you really just need a, a standard choke tube with a number six shot in it. And if he's 15 yards, it's going to kill him. Truth be known, you can kill him with a number eight shot. And you're thinking eight? Well, you're shooting sevens and nines now, the TSS. Yeah. Yes. That's your heavy shot. So, you know, a good premium lightweight shot will kill them, and your pattern will be much bigger. So you're less likely to miss. But you just kind of got to know what your application is. That's it. And do you have a preferred gauge? I prefer somebody to shoot whatever they have that they feel confident with, and I would rather them shoot a lesser caliber gun, whether it's rifle or shotgun deer hunting. I want something they feel comfortable with and they're accurate with. I'd rather them be more accurate with a two forty three caliber rifle shooting a hog than a .30-06 if it's kicking the heck out of them. And they're flinching and getting scared. And they're flinching. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's the big thing. So you got all these big souped-up 12-gauge shotguns that – some of them will hammer you. You know what I'm talking about. They oh, just, yeah. yeah. They yeah. hurt. And it ain't fun. My, I, I remember, let's talk about my son, Sage. He couldn't wait. You know, he starts off with a 20-gauge. He couldn't wait to shoot a 12-gauge. You know, couldn't wait. He gets a 12-gauge, and now guess what he's shooting? A 20. 20. Or a 410. Or a 410. Oh. Yeah, that's right. He's that's moved right. right back down because he's like, 
Why bother? I don't need that 12. And, and you know, 12 is the most common. And that's a right. great, great shotgun. But there's some, some super 20 gauges out there now with some great shot. And they work just as good. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be shooting a turkey at 50 or 60 yards. But, well, we I think we've overloaded with 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 every you know for everyone to understand not only just the osceola but but spring techniques that you know with 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 hop just because i mean still right to date are am i wrong in saying we're about you're you're about 100 percent success year after year yeah i'd say so i mean when i say 100 percent success there's a hundred percent opportunity yep. meaning not all hunters have gone home with a turkey but I think the last person that went home without a turkey was RJ about three or four years ago. And you remember, you guys have got your birds, and we hunted and hunted and That's hunted right. I forgot for about RJ that. a turkey. And we were trying to set up multiple camera angles, and just everything we done for that kid went wrong. Just I mean, couldn't. I think we may have had coyotes one day come in and mess us up. We had this happen. We had that happen. We, I think we had some cameramen moving around. I'm not certain, but, you know, we were trying to hunt on roads and where turkeys are coming up a road. That's a whole other segment right there of how I like to set up on a, on a roadway. And, you know, everybody wants to set up where you can look all the way down the road. And that's great for looking, but it ain't for killing. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Now let's touch on that. I mean, <laughs> and, you're, and you're talking like... Your ranch road. Yes, I'm not, not talking about. <laughs> not I'm not talking about I-95. <laughs> although I would like to set up on I-95 and take care of something, but no, like on a, a ranch two-track road or a woods road going down through the trees. A two-lane. Yeah, two, I mean, yeah, a two-track. Two-track. Road. Yep. So we all like to set up on it, you know, right on the edge of it, and look down the road so you can see what's coming, which is great for looking. Right. But it isn't for killing. Not an Osceola. I'm going to tell you right now that they. I tell you, I think these turkeys, they know the woods better than we do, and they know when something's out of place. So we're you've you've seen me every time. We never set up against a tree and just sit there. No, I no. always brush everything. Always in. brush everything in. It just I I don't know. I get caught every time, and I don't think I move that much, but I may. But there's gonna people gonna argue with me right now. Go, well, I set up against a tree and yeah. that too. Well, oh, that's yeah. great. Well, I, I know I'm, you tried to make um, Ralph set up against a tree one time. Yep, and um, he sat in a fire ant pile. Yep, I remember that. That was uh, just that? just recently. We yeah. had uh, fire no, ants all I, over him. I think he yeah. pushed me in it. <laughs> I really do. No, I don't think so. But that was just. But that was a whole different situation. Also, it wasn't hunting on a road, and it wasn't hunting in the t- in the pastures and stuff like that. That was just kind of a quick situation. Okay, number one, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right, here you go. Number one mistake people make on their turkey hunt down here. Um. I'd say they they move too much. Okay. What is one of the most important things for, for a hunter to bring down here on their first Osceola hunt? Thermosel. No doubt. No doubt. I would agree with that 100%. Forget the shotgun. You because need a thermosel. Gonna, <laughs> if they don't have it, they're going to be moving around. Oh, buddy. Well, you know what? Like you just said, the one thing they do the, the one thing that they, they do the most that they shouldn't is move. And if they didn't bring a thermosel, that's they're why moving. they're moving. Get your tags right over the counter. You online. can actually get them online. You can buy them at, at at vendors here, and a vendor would be you know there's there's Bass Pro Shops everywhere. Uh, you know you can get them at county offices. Uh, you uh, Walmart sells them, but you can get them online now. Print them off, and you don't even have to. From what I understand, you don't even need to 
print the paper, you can put it on your phone now and have the confirmation number. We can actually get it on the phone. You can call in with a credit card. They give you a confirmation number. You tell them when you want it to start. And if we get checked, just show them your confirmation number. Wow. And, Simple. And here in Florida, you can actually shoot two birds. But here on the ranch, on that's Os- right. with Osceola so Outfitters, because the way your management is, it's one bird. That's right. And we're one of the only states I even know of that still has an honor system for turkeys. Meaning, when you buy your license... And you're going to need a non-res. If you're a non-resident, you need a non-resident hunting license, and then you need a turkey permit. So the non-resident hunting license for ten days is around forty or fifty bucks, and then it's one hundred and twenty-five, I think, for the turkey permit. Your turkey permit's good for a year. Yeah. Meaning that if you come back during the year and there's still a season in, you're good. That's right. You can use it for the next year. So in other words, you but know you're what I'm only saying. allowed two. But you're on allowed that permit. No. Or is it that season? Season. So you can have a turkey permit. This is where it gets crazy. Your turkey permit, if you bought it, it's let's spring. say on April 1st of 2019, and you're back here on March 20th of 2020 your turkey permit is still good from last year you don't have to spend that other 125 dollars you have to buy your 10-day hunting license but so here's my question is if you did shoot a bird in 2019 do you only have one bird left on that permit or is it because it's a new year it's it's a new spring season so then you get two again and then we've got a fall season as well so you can shoot two birds in the spring of the first year right. you buy it and then if you're back here in the fall you can shoot two birds in the fall and then if you're here for the next year you can still hunt because it's the honor system it's season wow. you're allowed those per season per season not per permit we'll be right back with more ralph and vicky's off-grid podcast with your host pete rogers ralph and vicky's off-grid podcast is brought to you by true glow TrueGlow is committed to providing their customers with innovative products containing quality and value-added features for archery, crossbow, and firearms. Now, anytime you shop at TrueGlow.com, you can enter a promo code OFFGRID20 and receive 20% off of your purchase. This is a special offer for our OFFGRID podcast listeners. How awesome is that? TrueGlow, when brightness counts, count on TrueGlow. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. The permit is just a basically a license to go. And then it's honor system that you're only shooting two because there's no tag to put on it to report. Right. In, in Illinois, we have to call and check That's them right. in. Yep. I'll be so glad when that happens in Florida. A lot of people are probably like, you're crazy. But, you know, yes, it's more work, but we just went to a tagging system for our deer. Well, I, th- I think one other thing that, that intrigues me back home, like if we get, our, if when our hens are nesting and, you know, when we get some miserable weather, which... It, it's happened more more than than not. Uh, our birds are are losing a lot of their their eggs from the, a lot of the rain. Now you guys get rain here constantly. Typically, here in our region, the spring is a dry time for us. Where it really hurts our turkey population is, you know these these actually we've just seen some new chicks being born. Um, where we have trouble is we'll start getting some rain in may and that's when those you know the young chicks have hatched 
you know, they look up into the sky to see what the rain is, and the drops hit them right in the nose, and they're done. They're just done. Drowns really? them right there. That's that's what they say happens. So oh the little gosh. chicks look up at the rain, hits them right in the nostril. They're done. They're drowned. Kills them. Really? Right so we get these heavy rains is what hurts our turkey population. You know, deep water does too. So, but that comes with the with the heavy rains. Yeah. So fortunately. We've been we've had a dry spring and I've always thought, OK, we've got a dry spring. That's great. But you can have a spring that's too dry, meaning that there's no green grass. If there's no green grass, there's nope. no invertebrates. There's no, no grasshoppers, bugs. no bugs and the little turkeys. They starve to death. And I didn't know this. I just learned this. I think you guys may have done a podcast with Steve Shea, the wildlife yep. biologist. Yes, yeah. Steve was telling me that. And I don't quote me on this, but I thought he told me the first Two or three weeks of a young chick's life, they are dependent on protein, which is the little bugs and worms. They don't eat any seed. So I thought, you know, they'd probably be picking on the Bahia seed we have here. Maybe go buy a game feeder, eating Milo or cracked corn, but they don't. They're not. They're only eating protein. They're only eating, um, you know, grasshoppers and bugs. So if it's dry, there's none of that. Wow. We started off this hunting season (laughs) this year. It was crispy brown dry it looked like frost had hit well i remember you told us as we were driving through some of the you said a week and a half ago it was brown yeah. it was yeah. it was brown. we're set up perfect now if if the monsoons don't set in we're gonna have a heck of a turkey uh, hatch this year i think well that's good because you did lose a bunch of hunters this year due to the covid 19 you know and it's it's nobody's fault those guys are all you know they're they're they wanted to come. Oh, right? they're chewing at the bit for next year. I yeah. can tell you that yeah. right now. So now I've got to just try to figure out how I'm going to work them in with previously booked hunters, and and we'll get it done. Yeah, we'll 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 make it happen. So uh, plenty of birds around. You know the birds that we didn't get this year are still here. Bigger uh, and better next year. Yep, they're going to be bigger. Going to be bigger. Spurs are going to be longer. Oh boy! Now, Hop, if people want to, you know, get a hold of you for, for, you know, to book a turkey hunt, even though now, listen, you it may be a couple years out. You know what I mean? Unless you get cancellations, but how would they reach you? Uh, best way, and I can't believe I'm fixing to say this. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm no, website. Well, I've got a website, but. You know me. I never update I everything. You don't on do it. anything. No. Vicky and actually started Hoppy's <laughs> Facebook page. Yes, she did. She might as well be finishing it too, yeah. because <laughs> I don't even know. It's on there. I don't. But anyway, I'm not tech savvy, <laughs> and you know that. But I, I remember. I thought, you know, if you need to communicate with somebody or to, with me, call me. Now it's like text me. I can't believe I'd say that. Or it'll be like, send me an email. Yep. And really, if you need to get a hold of me, email is the best way yep. because I'll get it. If I'm in the field hunting, I'm checking my phone when I can. I can't take phone calls all the time because we're, we're hunting all year here. Yeah. I mean, we're hunting hogs, gators, turkeys, or deer, deer or we're working on something. You know, here on the ranch. So it's best to to email me. And now, so everybody understands, we're talking about 100% privately owned ranch. I mean, you're not you're not dealing with a lot of competition. It's not out a there. public land hunt. At no, all. no. So so I'm sorry. I just wanted to point that out. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yep, been in the family since the late 1800s. So what's your email? Well, you better tell me. <laughs> Hoppyboarhog at aol.com. That's Again, it. Hoppy. Yeah, that's it. Hoppyboarhog. That's B-O-A-R. 
H-O-G, at AOL.com. I love giving that to some people on the phone that aren't hunters. Yeah, like, what is it? have no idea what I'm spelling. That's right. But you can also go to your website, even though you never really do anything there, which is OsceolaOutfitters.com. That's right. and Because you, you can get your email from there as and well. And you can see some pictures, but don't, you have to read the fine print that I think the guy put on the bottom says prices are subject <laughs> to change because I haven't updated it, you know, in like four years. So the turkey Maybe hunts are a bit more money. Maybe you should on that and they could start doing that for you. Yeah. That's not going to happen. No. No. You could talk to RJ. That's who I really need yeah. to do. You should. You should talk to RJ. RJ could figure that out and change yeah. that up for you. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this, Hop. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to come down here year after year to become part of the family and just, man, well, it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing for me. It's been a privilege. I appreciate what you guys done, you know, to make our business what it is today. I appreciate it. Well, thank so, you. There's a well, lot of people you. watch the the show and, and uh, of course, you talk to a lot of people in all the places you go. Well, it's easy when you know people, are, you know, money money today, well, anytime, it's hard-earned. And we want to, you know, when someone says, hey, where would you do this or where would you do this? It's simple to say, hey, call Hop, just well, because we know what they're going to get here. You cannot make everybody happy, but I will promise you we'll do the best we can here. And it's, the, I can tell you, it's, and Vicki, huh? Yep. And for RJ, it's the best you'll ever see. Right. And we appreciate you taking time out to do this podcast in the middle of our hunt down here. And, yeah. you know, we'll... um we will definitely have to get you on another podcast. Maybe we'll talk hog hunting or gator hunting or who knows what. Yeah, right. definitely been around a long time, real long time. You can call him Uncle Hoppy one more time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Uncle Hop. Hey, Uncle oh, Hop. We brother. love you, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank All you right. for joining us on our podcast. This is Off Grid, Off Grid Podcast with Ralph and Vicki. And um, we're in Florida on location, so there's no video on this podcast. Nope. This is a, a new beginning, a new thing for Just us to try Just sitting around BSing and having a good time. Yeah, so. So that's the end of it. See ya. Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast is proudly brought to you by Browning. Not all guns suit everyone perfectly, but there is a perfect Browning shotgun for you. Browning, the best there is. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you come back again for more Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. 